What's up, everybody? And we're back with a new episode. I'm your host, Natalie Nadine, the host of Unapologetically Her podcast. Unapologetically Her was designed to be a safe space for young women navigating the challenges of adulthood. No longer will we apologize for making choices, whether right or wrong. Instead, we will own our truth unapologetically. Created to tackle all things female, I interview women of all ages and walks of life to help empower, embrace, and educate the young ladies like myself. For today's episode, I would like to welcome Monique of Dom Productions. Today, we'll be discussing her journey and what she's learned navigating being a Black woman in corporate and entrepreneurship. Well, welcome to the podcast, Monique. Hey, hey, Natalie. How's it going? So far, so good. How about yourself? Going well. Coming up to the end of my day, I made sure that I logged off by seven to get prepared for this and feeling prepared and well. Blessed and highly favored. Come with it now. Come with it. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into anything, tell us about yourself, about who you are, where to follow you, how people can run you a check. Girl, this is your time to promote. Oh, no. Okay, let's do it. Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. So um, as Natalie mentioned, I um, own a business. It's called Dom Productions. It is a content production agency specializing in uh, photography, video, writing services, and social media content strategy for small businesses, mostly in the, the greater Toronto area. But, you know, since the pandemic, everything's turned virtual. So we found some ways to get around it and work with some really cool people outside of the province in the U.S., um so that's been great so we do things like team headshots uh branding photography blog posts email newsletters uh website copy promotional videos for social now everybody wants to be on reels and tiktok so you know everybody's coming to us for that um yeah in addition to just content strategy overall for your brand and um social media strategy so that's all us and you can get in contact with us um through our site domproductions.ca that is d-o-m productions.ca <laughs> and then also it's the same thing on our instagram too it's domproductions.ca tiktok domproductions.ca or like let's let's chat it up on linkedin too i've been super active there lately um starting to love it starting to love the conversation on there mm-hmm. uh, so you can find me at monique hudson and that's hudson with a t not a d yes oh girl you you're a whole media house (laughs) we're trying to get there and the thing is it's so funny looking back on um where it started Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do videos and then people are like okay um if you're doing a video for me can you take a few pictures so I had to learn photography and then it was like okay, well, if I'm taking the pictures and videos, can you write my captions for me? Then it turned into that. And then, yeah, now it's like, oh, can you do my whole like marketing strategy? Okay, yeah, sure. Why Why? Why the hell not? Why not? And is was this something that you went to school for? Or is just like, I got bored, let me try something new? Well, I went to school for journalism. So I went to Ryerson, um, got my bachelor's there. And um it was a huge focus on writing and video. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I graduated, I realized that I have no interest in going into journalism. 
So that's when I was hired by a company to work on their marketing team as a content producer. So essentially I'd be creating all of their um, social media content, all of their blog posts. So Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of written work and a lot of um, like short video work for their social media. So it's just like taking the skills that I learned from university and then transferring over transferring them over to a different um, industry, which would be marketing. Oh, I love that. And also you mentioned the thing right here, you went from videography to photography. I feel like at least for me, most times it's the opposite way around. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. (laughs) I, (laughs) I hated photography. Oh my gosh. I got, I, I, uh, told the story to a few people and they're like in disbelief but like I, I got my I got my worst grade in university in photography class wait what yeah like it, it was it was pretty bad I I did not know how to work uh a still camera oh yeah wow oh that that is really different and then I left and then I left school and I'm like I hate photography I'm never doing this <laughs> and now look <laughs> You never know where your path is going to lead you. Yeah. yeah. So like a little lesson in there, uh, I guess, is like never write anything off. That part? (laughs) That part. You never know. You never know where you'll end up. Oh, girl. Look here. She's already dropping gems and she hasn't even started yet. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying. Never, never write it off. I'm going to remember that because there's so many things I'm like, I'm done with you. And then I see it creep back up and I'm like... Oh, maybe I should put some effort into you. Yeah, I mean, like, understand your strengths and blah, blah, your your strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, you can't count anything out in life. Yeah. Oh, girl. See, I'm already ready for the answers you're about to give me because it's just the intro and she's dropping gems, y'all. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So my first question for you is, Tell yeah. me why you chose this topic and a bit about your journey. You did touch on it, but if you can go more in depth, your journey navigating the corporate and entrepreneurship and especially your path as a black woman in this field. Funny enough, like looking back on it, I've had to navigate spaces being the, I call it the OBG. I don't know if anybody else has coined that term yet, but like, mm. if not, I need to like look into trademark ASAP. The only black girl, the OBG. Yeah, so I've been navigating spaces being that only Black girl in the room since, like, I was a child. So mm-hmm. think, like, elementary school. I went to the same elementary school from kindergarten all the way up to grade 8. Um, and most th- there wasn't a lot of, pretty much, like, everybody who I grew up with from kindergarten, I, like, graduated with in grade 8. Um, and there weren't a lot of Black people in the area. So mm-hmm. I think I was, like... I'm going to say one of five black kids in my class always for those 10 years. And then high school was a lot better. We moved to a different area and um, that's when it was like culture shock. Like, Oh my gosh, all these people that look like me, Mm -hmm. what on, what is happening? (laughs) But then going into university, uh, once again, I was faced with this scenario where out of 125 students in the journalism class, um, there were only, Three of us, three black people. Wow. Yeah. And then after graduating, um, I worked for two different companies where 
I'm pretty sure we were about 200 employees. There were probably about 10 black people at any given point in time. Like I can definitely vouch for my team, the marketing team. I worked with one black person and he was there for a few months and then he left. Oh, so wow. the experiences were were awkward is like putting it lightly especially when I became more aware of it as I got older I mean like in elementary school it's kind of like you just joke about it like ha, ha, ha. I'm like the I I'm like darker than you whatever or like yeah those really bad stereotypes that we had back in the day where like kids would be like oh did you bring fried chicken for lunch like that kind of stuff but like you you joke you joke about it back then because <laughs> you don't think of it you know you just think you just think I'm different and mm-hmm. and the way I'm treated it's it doesn't have anything to do with this but then you get older and you realize like oh my gosh what is it is it just is it I don't know you just start to question a lot yeah so like the in the, the thing is with the elementary school experience too like it I can't really speak too much on that situation just because it, I think it was more a matter of the area that we lived in mm-hmm. um but on the flip side of that like the university and work experiences like they they were quite disheartening because at that point like I'm face to face with this situation and I can't really do anything about it you know yeah and yeah it's like years of feeling that people are not understanding me or they're looking down at me or they're serving me backhanded comments and it took a while Mm. for me to like step back and think wait maybe it's not that I'm a weirdo or I'm I'm dumb or I'm unqualified or I'm too young or I'm too naive it's it's these people either knowingly or unknowingly singling me out as the only black girl yes yeah oh I feel like a lot of people I think are put in this situation or grow up in this situation and it's it, it does take a lot to talk about it does take courage because even in my in my postgrad program that I just did, out of everyone in that program, three black girls. Yeah. When I did my undergrad, a lot of people in the communication course, but then for some reason, whenever we went out into like the tutorials, I'm like, now how the hell with all the black people I saw in that room, wh- where did y'all go? Because now it's just yeah. Me. I did French, and I think French is when I really experienced it because I did French immersion and I did French university. And I was usually the one of maybe two blacks in the class from like first year to graduation. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. again, it's like a culture shock, reverse culture shock. And I think it just became, it got to that point where it just felt so natural. Like if I saw more than three of us, then it's like, oh, hey, what? <laughs> but then you and have that's to make like, okay, yeah, exactly. And then you like start like overthinking things like, oh, Okay, so I don't know, maybe this is just me, but like even sitting on public transportation and there's like maybe one other black person, you're like, do I sit next to them? Because then everybody's going to think that we're together. (laughs) That kind of situation. Or like if I start like teaming up, not teaming up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not us like going to war. Um, (laughs) Like if I start like getting buddy buddy with the other black person at work is everybody gonna think that we're being like a clique and we're not trying to like but like on the other on the flip side there's like a hundred of y'all and there's only two of us but they would never question the hundred exactly exactly Mm -hmm. 
Oh, girl. Oh, you just spoke to so many people just now. Because I reflect, <laughs> like you said, between school, between mm-hmm. work, and there's not a lot of us. So then when you see it, it's just like, I see you, you see me. We, yeah. We moved on up like the Jefferson's child. Oh, my gosh. The way That's literally that, what it feels like. <laughs> the way that me and that other Black guy that I was working with for those couple of months, the way that, like, we just, get, like, we never really, like, spoke too much to each other. But, like, we worked on the marketing team together and we sat across from each other. So, like, somebody would say something dumb and then him and I would just, like, look at each like, other, give each other the look, like, mm, mm, <laughs> like we won't keep it cute, but, yeah. mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh my gosh, let me see you speaking to the choir right now, let me tell you. <laughs> so my next question for you is, why do you think we struggle to remain our authentic selves in the workplace? And where do you think it stems from? Hmm, well, I can only really speak for myself um, because I think a lot of people can relate to this too. Um, just being an anxious person in general um i tend to walk into a situation and assess okay do i want to try to fit in here or can i just show up my authentic self whereas like i feel like i see other people they they just like walk into a room and it's this is me and that's mm. it take it or leave it they own um it. yeah exactly and i really admire those people for me it's a little bit more of a struggle um and I think, like I said, a lot of people can relate to this. I feel like everybody, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they want to belong to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of like corporate culture, there are a lot of white people. So their um, way of doing things tends to bleed into the idea of what should be done at work versus what shouldn't be done. The whole idea of professionalism comes from a very white way of thinking of doing things. So (laughs) there have been so many times where I was in the office and I have to double double take what's the word that i'm looking for i have to i have to really think about what i'm saying before i say it i have to think mm-hmm. okay is this going to sound to quote unquote ghetto um, like you're second guessing yourself yeah exactly constantly second guessing um what i'm doing and how i'm doing it or mm-hmm. you know what i'm wearing or how my hair looks um oh my gosh don't even get me started about the hair thing i could go on forever about all the different microaggressions and mm-hmm. how um my self-esteem oh child like <laughs> it took me a while to get to the point where I could wear my natural hair out and the thing is like I have been blessed with mm, not the most manageable but like pretty like mid-range manageable curls mm-hmm. and the fact that I didn't feel comfortable to wear this to work I um you know I can't help but feel for those who may have a shorter fro or kinkier hair um, mm-hmm. and feel like they always need to be covering it up because of what has been deemed professional versus not. Ooh, I feel like that kind of hit me right there because I'm getting flashbacks and I'm yeah. getting flashbacks to the point where I used to, funny thing is, I never used to wear braids until I hit like grade 12. I started working in grade 11. 
and he used mm-hmm. to always wear my natural hair. And I will never forget this story though. When I first started working retail, and I was told that by the way, they they prefer when people have their hair like out and straight. Mind you, at the time I had like, you know, my two horn rolls going yeah. back, but I was looking cute. And I said, excuse me. One, my hair is not permed. It is four A B C all up under here. <laughs> so no one I'm not wearing my straight hair no time soon. Because before yeah. I never even needs to do blowouts. And I'm just like, well, if they can't accept me for my natural hair, one, they're gonna have to fire me. Because I've been against like perms yep. and those all those kind of things since I was like a young girl. And then when I started wearing the braids, kind of the same thing. I kind of got so accustomed to it that without the braids, I feel lost. Yeah. And yeah. then I had but why is moment. it that you feel lost? It, and that's the thing is because now it's acceptable where it's always, it feels like it's always it, neat and in place. Yeah. Yep. And then the one time I got the blowout, oh my gosh, I love this on you. This is my favorite style. I prefer this over when you wore your hair with the curls or this. And I went, this is technically not my natural hair. Yeah, it is, but it's not. But it's, it's not like how your hair. Yeah, it's not how your hair grows it's... out of your head naturally. Girl, in about two hours, is about to curl right back up. But okay, thanks. Like, <laughs> I don't really take that as a compliment. Can you imagine? I was known as the girl who always changed her hair. That was my title at work. Apparently, instead of in literally our president introduced me to some uh, one of our clients one time as oh here's the girl who always changes her hair okay wait no <laughs> I don't like that for you yeah oh no I, I I was definitely I definitely gave him the look after and then I became known as the girl who will always put him in his place so everybody was like they're scared of they were scared of the president they were scared of the president and it was just like a whole thing where he was like a very his personality wasn't didn't give you the warm and fuzzies let's just put it that way yeah and after a while of him you know kind of making these backhanded comments um these microaggressions let's just call a spade a spade i just started keeping it real with him because i was just so sick and tired of it and then that's when everybody was like, oh, you're the only one who... I'm really struggling not to say his name. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you're really the one who knows how to put uh, so-and-so in their place. Oh, like so-and-so, he always listens to you. Wow. And I'm like, I'm just not going to put up with the shit. Like, no. And I would be so unnecessary. Like, that's how you introduce me? Yeah. Not yeah. for my work ethic, not for the job that I've done. As the girl who always changes her hair. Yeah. It's funny because at that point I was known as the girl who always changes her hair. And that was like for the first like year and a half or so. And then when I started speaking up for myself, I became the known as the girl who speaks up. So then it was kind of like, I just went from the the black girl with the hair to the, the black girl with the attitude. Like there's no winning here. I was about to say, I'll be like, now we know why that had to be done. And it's like, oh, God, but they are going to completely twist that around. Exactly. Um, So it just, you know, for a while I was wondering, is this just me? Is this just me? Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. people are looking at me different. I feel like people are treating me different. But it got to a point where like, no, these things need to be said. I need to be able to advocate for myself. And it was one of really the defining um, 
it was really one of the the things that prompted me to leave the company. Wow. Okay. I'm going to ask you a side question. This has nothing yeah. to do with the list, but how do you suggest women in business advocate for themselves and take that step? Because I know a lot of us, we hear these kind of comments mm -hmm. and the microaggression, but we stay silent. We're afraid to speak up and defend ourselves. We're afraid to say, Hey, I actually did not appreciate that. See, this is a hard one because it's really a, a case by case. Um, it really should be taken case by case um, mm -hmm. because for people who don't really have uh, the resources or the support to just up and quit their job and look for something else, obviously, I'm not going to tell y'all to start speaking up and rocking the boat and, you know, potentially get potentially like risk your job mm -hmm. or risk your, your stability um but for people who do have a little bit more wiggle room like for me who was living at my parents at the time and had their full support mm -hmm. um for for me I think just like weigh your options um outside of the job that you're in Okay, so let's let's do that first. Mm -hmm. Then, hmm. Oh wait, you really threw me through a loop with this question. When do you just start <laughs> advocating for yourself? Like, there just comes to there just gets to a point where like you realize that enough is enough. Yeah, and like talk to other people too, and just get their their opinion on like what would they do in your situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know a lot of people like myself will will think like, oh, maybe it's just me. Yeah. But like when you start talking to people, you realize, no, it's not just you. Mm. And that's what starts to make it a little bit more real for you. So, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like going back to those times, like I did confide in my friends a lot um, who were also just coming out of school, um, getting the little corporate gig, um, getting the benefits. And we're all kind of feeling something similar happening where we feel like we're qualified for these jobs, but something is not clicking. Something's not feeling right. Mm hmm. Um. And yeah, just like find find your 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 tribe, find somebody who you can genuinely confide in. Um and you know, if it happens to be somebody in the workplace, that is amazing. But also be very careful about that because at the end of the day, businesses are businesses. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like you can trust in somebody and you know, you just gotta you just gotta know who really has your back at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can't take that lightly. Yeah, exactly. You got you got to know, understand your relationships with people. Mm -hmm. um, at, really, when it comes down to it, you should always be able to advocate for yourself. But being realistic, sometimes you can't. Yeah. And yeah, just just ease into find people to talk to and and find a way to like ease your opinion in. That sounds like very. <laughs> like a very shy way of doing things like i know a lot of people will probably give the advice yeah it was a, oh, yeah because i think everyone's go-to answer is like yes rah 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 but the fact yeah that, exactly oh, sometimes you're not in that position to at least not yet yeah mm -hmm. and not a lot of people have that personality trait where they're always rah 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 but they should still yeah. be able to advocate for themselves oh girl oh you, you just again motivating some people 
<laughs> Let me tell I'm you. I'm trying to motivate all. Uh, I'm trying to motivate all my quiet, awkward babies out there. All my quiet, anxious, awkward babies. Look here. We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question for you is: How have you balanced being who you are within a room of people different from you? Um, I came to a point where I realized that like I have nobody to answer to but myself and um, that came pretty late in life though so this girl saying late like she's 65 or something like that <laughs> it's late in my current life late in my, my 28 years girl because of you <laughs> It came later to me, like the epiphany just came to me. Like if I if I'm if I don't stay true to myself, then like who am I? I got all I got. Blah blah blah. Only person I have to answer to is myself. So it mm-hmm. it's worthwhile to just stay true to myself, or else I'm gonna be unhappy. Yes. Um. And then how have I like balanced being in a room? Um. Like. I am not the person who always has to be the center of attention, um, but I'm also not going to stay quiet just so that you can, if I have something to say, then I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like my, my general personality is not to be that super loud person, but if I do want to say something, then I will say it. And I guess that's kind of like, the balanced personality in me. I don't know. I like, I don't, um, this is not a good question. (laughs) I mean, sorry, this is not a good response to your question. No, I love it because it's the authentic, like, this is how you know, this is not a rehearsed like question and answer. Like this is coming from the heart. Man, I don't even know how to answer this. Cause like, if I'm just being completely honest, that's just, me in general I think that's how you found your balance yeah I mean that's not it's not something that I had to like specifically try to do like how how do I continue to be me it's just Mm -hmm. it just comes naturally at this point that's good yeah you've reached that point of just comfort within yourself and like you said now you realize you're not responding to anybody but yourself so why are you trying to conform to them yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, you answered your question without even knowing it. You put it together for me, so God bless your heart. <laughs> I feel like I'm just rambling at this point. I'm really, like, I'm I'm grasping for straws trying to find the answer in this all, all this gobbledygook. <laughs> I love it, though, because this is when you really hear, and this is why I say I love hearing people's mm-hmm. stories and, like, really kind of challenging them with these questions. Mm-hmm. Because you really have to dig deep and be like, wait a minute. Like, you know that you overcame this, but how? When? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when the, when the how really, when it really switched over to that. Uh, but yeah. Kind of just I, evolved over time. Yeah. Yeah. I think with experiences and, and just, you know, once again, talking to people, having your tribe of people, um, just get to a point where you're just tired. Yeah. You're like, you're not putting up with this no more. It's either this or nothing at all. Yeah. I mean, one thing I can say is that um, one thing I've gotten good at is making people aware when I'm 
feeling off or like Mm. feeling awkward or feeling anxious because you know before I'd be in like a big group of people and it would just be like quiet like I'm I'm in I'm quivering the girl is quivering she's shaking screaming crying throwing up the entire inside but I wouldn't say anything about it um I would just be the quiet person in the corner Mm -hmm. however I realized I think actually you know what I'm a credit starting my business for this because One of the biggest things they tell you when starting your business, you got to, you got to sell yourself. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how are people going to know that you exist? How are people going to know to buy from you? How are you going to make that coin? You guys talk about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I hate talking. Yeah. This, this like realization came time, came to me. It's like, I hate talking to people, but I, I need to tell people about this business. So how do I do this? Well, I will go into a room and if I'm networking with a bunch of people, I will let you know. Hi, I hate networking, but here we are. So how are you today? Um, I am very socially awkward. How do you like get, do you like going to these things? Do you enjoy talking to random strangers? Cause I don't. <laughs> and then it just kind of like breaks the ice. <laughs> Me just being hella awkward and just being upfront and honest about it. Yeah. Um, I know that we're talking about like being a person of color and being a black person, uh, the mm-hmm. only black person in the room but um yeah just being unapologetically <laughs> plug um being the unapologetically awkward being yeah. unapologetically black I, as well like it's kind of giving I owe it to myself black girl oh my gosh and the thing is like i watch her and i get awkward like i i, <laughs> I start sweating watching her because i'm like is this me <laughs> Please, God, no. I then this can't be me. <laughs> just one of the fact that you said you get awkward watching her because I thought I was the only one. And that's why oh. I love like awkward black girl insecure. And I'm just like, yep. oh, Issa. The oh, secondhand girl. embarrassment is just, is too much. It's too much. It actually took me a while to get through season one of Insecure because I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> But no, I finished it and it was amazing. It was. It really yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out E3. Right? Like, the OG <laughs> awkward black girl. We're here yep. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question for you is, can you tell us about a time when you felt judged based on who you were instead of your qualifications? And this kind of also ties back into your story about being introduced as the girl with a different hair. Yep. Oh my gosh. There are so many instances at that company. It was just... It was just a wild time. And I was also mm-hmm. young. I was like 21, 20, yeah. 21. Oh. Um, yeah, there were like on top of that last story, like I remember there was another time where, um, so we're on the marketing team, right? So like mm-hmm. when we get together as a team, we're talking about like different um, marketing efforts or like things we could do to expose the brand to new audiences. Yeah. Uh, we were a credit card aggregator site. So, um, you go to the website and you like put in your needs, like, Hey, I like to get travel points or I like to get points for like buying gas or groceries. I spend a lot of money on groceries. Like what credit card would be the best for me? Got you. Or like, I'm a student. Like what's the best credit card for me? Mm-hmm. So we were trying to think about how we can market to students going back to school. Um, this is like post-secondary students. You're getting your first credit card 
you know, how do you market mm-hmm. to them? Mm-hmm. So I remember clear as day bringing up the idea that we should be going to schools. I remember when I got my first credit card, it was because, you know, those, those credit card people are like ruthless. Like they'll set up during brush week and like yes! force you to sign up for a credit card just so you can get a free t-shirt. And people fall for it every time. It works. It, it works. Worked. I got my Raptors t-shirt. I was happy. I was content. I well, didn't know. it was nice and branded. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know what the interest rate was. I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> I just knew that I was getting a free t-shirt. Okay. So yeah, going back to my story, um, I brought up the idea of, you know, setting up in schools. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we weren't the actual credit card company, I felt like it was worthwhile for us to like go to schools and like introduce students to us. So they'll go to our site and sign up for a credit card. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair idea to this day. I, w- I will die on that hill that that's a good ass idea. Yep. However, I was shot the hell down. <laughs> yeah, I saw you try to continue something like, girl, unapologetic. Yeah. Go ahead. Don't worry. Okay. I can swear on this. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I was shot the fuck down. <laughs> they clown. They were really trying to clown me, saying that that wasn't a good idea. You know, because students, the, the the actual students, aren't the ones signing up for the credit cards. They were convinced that it's parents that give their kids credit cards. Yeah, when they're underage. When I'm like eighteen, nineteen. I I don't know. It's just like I. I I know for me and all my friends, none of our parents gave us credit cards. That's facts. I don't know about you. I'm just like, I was just so shocked. And I was shocked at the fact that, okay, A, y'all are really trying to clown me right now. <laughs> As if like, I didn't go, I just, I just came out of university. I know exactly. what these people be doing. And then, yeah, you're like, I just felt like I was out of my league at that point. Mm. These people obviously grew up in a different culture and a different way of doing things. Yeah. And yeah, just like so many times where my ideas were just not being taken seriously. Um, and yeah, it, it just it, it built up a lot over the years. I remember every mm-hmm. Monday morning we'd have our content meeting and then we'd all just like pitch in a bunch of ideas and it's always like Monique's are at the bottom of the list. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. But then you see how you went from that to now running your own business. Knowing exactly what the people want, how to serve them. Running Mm. my own content marketing agency. Yeah. Coming from the girl with the hair, the girl with the attitude, the girl with the bad Mm. ideas, because she's a broke black girl, broke black young girl that doesn't know anything. Um... Yeah, yes. She's like, yeah, you ain't shit. I'm like, wait a minute. That was the wrong time to say yes. Yes, to see who she became. You see that? It's growth. (laughs) Growth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I bet you they regretted that decision. I mean, mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. They still I see a lot of my past coworkers liking my stuff on LinkedIn now. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, I like I, I try not to even think about it because like that time of my life is just so behind me and I like to just mm-hmm. move on and be better. I love that. Yeah. And so what, honestly, like one of my missions right now for my business is to create a company, a culture, a workspace that feels safe for everyone, that yes. is comfortable for anyone in any stage of life, um, age-wise, where they've come from, um, where they are mentally in their life. Like, I just want everybody to feel not not feel like I did at that company. I don't want anybody to ever feel like the odd one out. Yes. That's of course, like important. we should always celebrate everybody's differences. Um, but at the same time, we should be able to come together as a community and mm-hmm. not feel like we're being judged for those differences. That part. Yeah. There's like that very fine line and shaded gray area where it's like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, but let's leave that out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, kind of in relation to this, Mm -hmm. because we talk about the comfort and stuff in the workplace, I want to ask you about code switching. Mm. And do you still see code switching as a problem for many? Did you see it as a problem for yourself? And do you think companies and just overall, just the general public have become more accepting? I mean, the awareness is there. The awareness is growing. She's there. I actually, it's officially been three years since I quit that job mm-hmm. and two years since I've been out of corporate. Um, so I don't know, maybe companies are becoming more accepting. I mean, I know my friends, they're still kind of dealing with the same kind of situation. One's mm-hmm. in engineering, one's in um, web development, um, another one's in graphic design, and it's still kind of like... Yeah, I'm the odd one out at my company. So, I mean, more people are aware of it. I know companies are trying to do more um, to encourage diversity. I don't know if they do much in their hiring processes. I would hope so. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I don't know. Wonderful way to end a question. No, but it's just, but I think, first of all, <laughs> the fact that you can't answer that is what I find is amazing because that's how you know you got out mm-hmm. doing your thing yeah. and it sustained you for the last two to three years. But it's the fact <sighs> that even for your friends, it's still a topic of conversation. It's, that means nothing much has changed in the last three years. Yeah. And I can even say from personal experience, it's still going. I still find myself even when the jobs I was working before still code switching not even with customers but still with the fellow associates when yeah. like the big bosses came in and went from da 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 hi how are you today <laughs> do you find yourself doing that though often uh, often even with the jobs I have now I still see myself kind of code switching a bit and I think it's just out of habit yeah and I've had to code switch to fit in and also reverse code switch to fit in so mm-hmm. I've always been told, like, oh, no, you speak white, you act white. So I've always had to be, when I'm around other people who look like me, then now I have to reverse code switch, talk with, like, you know, a little bit of, like, <laughs> in a sense, swag or an accent to fit in. And it's like, this feels so unnatural. I just sound hella funny. Yeah, I I completely relate there where, mm-hmm. like I told you, like, I went to an all-white elementary school and yeah. I went to high school and everybody's like, what the hell? <laughs> what's wrong with you 
that's just how I talk. Yeah. And then coming out of it and going to uni and going to to work after, it's kind of like I'm a mix in between the two and like I didn't know which way to go. You'd be at work and something slips down, you'd be like, ooh. Yeah. Yep. I didn't need that. <laughs> yeah. And there's like so many references and stuff like that too. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever used Slack, but like I remember having like the Slack channel and like everybody's talking about something and like I just want to put in like a cultural reference, but then nobody is gonna understand it. <laughs> I just remember back in the day where because like I'm very out of touch with like the music of today, for example. Mm-hmm. And I remember for a whole summer straight, I spent watching 106 and Park. Ah, that was me too. <laughs> I it at six o'clock. Okay, one o six apart the whole summer. Oh my gosh, I spent, I think, entire grade nine and grade ten. I would come home for lunch, and <laughs> I would just turn on BET and have BET now playing, so that way, like, I was up to date on like all the music videos and stuff. <laughs> Thank God I was not the only one who had to go through that. Because I'm just Ugh. like, okay, so what's the music up to them? You're like learning the dance moves. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, no. It, uh, when Crank That <laughs> came out, ooh. Like, remember my dad and I in the living room trying to figure it out? It was a mess. Do you remember mess. when Jerk came out? I, I, I just learned actually how to do it. I'm very proud of myself. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> you know, like going back to it though, like I'm so happy I found my tribe mm-hmm. um, when I did, you know, yes. like it took a while, but like my best friends to this day, I met them in grade nine. Oh, nice. And by the, t- by the time we reached grade 12 though, that's when I was like, this is me. This is us. This is how we do things. I'm tired mm. of being told that I'm not black enough. I'm tired of being told that, like, I don't know the music of today or, like, oh, you don't know how to do this dance move. Anyways, mm. yeah. Girl. When you find and, like, slime, I, I feel so everything. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so comfortable being around that. I fucking love my friends. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Friendship appreciation right here. I love Yeah, class for them. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, my next question for you. In entrepreneurship, although we have the freedom to act as we please, why are we still intimidated by being a boss babe? Ooh, you're going to have to give me what do you think boss babe is? Because I've had this conversation with a few people and they have different definitions. You turned the (laughs) question on me? Oh, no. (laughs) This is unapologetically Monique. (laughs) I'm going to be like a woman in leadership. A woman who knows what she wants, she's able to delegate. Mm-hmm. She's able to give those instructions. She's able to just be a boss and be unapologetic about it. Like this is what I want. This is how I like it. These are my standards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that correct? I mean, there's no like boss baby in, in the dictionary. So like, you're free to <laughs> make up it as you as you wish. I love it. Um. There has been a little bit of discourse between Mm -hmm. the quarrelies about what it means to be a boss babe and how it could be a little bit problematic because, once again, it's a term that has been coined by white women. And, um, yeah, it's just become a a bit of a 
um, toxic. I, like, I don't want to say it's all toxic, but it's just very like, uh, I mean, toxic positivity is, a, is definitely uh, a trait of <laughs> being a boss babe or so a lot of people say. And also pushing like this whole grind culture, um, just a lot of like negatives around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how it's been a term coined by uh, or a phrase coined by white women. So it hasn't been very inclusive of women of color. Yeah. Or um, people who aren't born a woman. Um, yeah, just very exclusive yes but anyways that's my little two cents on that um personally not a huge fan of the phrase i mean i used to use it a lot in social media marketing just because it was like a buzzword um okay but like i've tried to stay away from it um but why are people intimidated by being a boss babe i mean other than what i just said um Natalie's gonna leave this podcast like okay need to scratch that out of my vocabulary no (laughs) that's what I just be hearing through like the grapevine I mean like there has been some discourse online but like nothing where like boss babe is cancelled so like I don't know whatever do what you want that toxic positivity I like how you said that I'm gonna look that up yeah yeah um but why are people intimidated? I guess what you're trying to ask is like, why are people intimidated by, you know, seeing their full potential and speaking up for what they, they want, what they need? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Hmm. If you're a boss babe, I guess we're referring to women and then we're going to have to have that discussion as to like, why do women have a hard time like finding themselves in um, leadership roles? Um, It's like more of like a patriarchy argument. Like why do I feel like I need to be submissive to a man? Mm -hmm. Um, It's because for years and years and years and years, we've been put down and made to feel lesser than. So it's just kind of like an internal thing. And, you know, this is me just like getting woo woo for a second, but that stuff is like passed on genetically. Like that stuff's passed on when you're born. Like, so, you know, you're just kind of born into a society where you already have this ingrained in you, but then also Mm -hmm. like you're put out into a society where like women are seen as lesser than, I mean, like surface level, like we are getting up there, you know, you see women as like prime ministers, um, shout out to my girl, Jacinda in New Zealand doing the damn thing. Um, I freaking love her, but, um, yeah, like there's still a lot more room to go. Uh, there's still a lot of places where um, women can't speak up for themselves. It's like illegal or it's looked down upon. Yeah. So, just with all that being said, it's it's really a patriarchy thing. Fuck the patriarchy. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Oh, and also, girl. start, I'm like just rambling on again, but. Um... No, girl, you're dropping down. <laughs> Tell me. <Mm-mm. laughs> what? Also, when you spend so much of your life second guessing yourself or when people are looking down on you, whether that be explicitly or through microaggressions, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it is hard to break from that and 
um, say, no, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing and I'm confident in my abilities. Yes. So being a woman of color, being a person of color, being a woman, like all those things against us. Society don't want to see us win. No, we're born with a lot of things coming against us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like you're always up in arms, ready. You always have to be ready to fight. Like you have to stay ready, so you don't think they're ready. Kind of vibe. Exactly. And then sometimes you're just tired of fighting. Yeah, you're tired of fighting, so that's why you don't end up being the boss babe that you want to be. Because you're like, you know what? We we reached that point. Let me just go to my bed. Yeah, try again tomorrow. (laughs) Or not, for some people. Right. Maybe next week. Next month, next year, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just not today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Now, we need a little advice for the girlies. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, how did you, over- you kind of spoke a lot of different ways of how you overcame these struggles. So what I'm going to get you to do is, what is your primary advice to those trying to do the same? Like, if you just have to pick one. What do you think that would be? <laughs> oh, I got her thinking. Yeah. Um, I know for me personally, what helped a lot, mentioned this before, finding mm-hmm. your tribe, finding your peoples, finding your girlies. And when yes. I say girlies, it doesn't have to be actual girls or females or women. Mm-hmm. Just find your people that you can be unapologetically yourself with and then it kind of helps you to put out that same person to the world Mm. um with my friends I've been able to be completely totally honest 100% myself um I've been able to tell them about my um my successes my wins but also like my failures and my downfalls Mm -hmm. they've seen me go through so much and you know, if I didn't talk to them, I would freaking explode. I mean, if I didn't talk to them and my therapist, oh, mm-hmm. go to therapy. That that should be my tip. Everybody, go to therapy. I've been hearing this a lot, and I'm I'm so happy that more people are more vocal and public about talking with this because before it was so taboo. You only have to go to mm-hmm. church, you're gonna pray, and then you're gonna keep your business to yourself. Oh, child, I'm still mm. like, trying to get my parents out of that mindset. Um, but yeah, I've been going to therapy for seven years now and the best thing that could have happened to me, shout out BJ. She's the best. Girl, send us the link. Send us the (laughs) link. Okay. No, no, no. I will actually like let y'all know affordable therapy. Uh, I know affordable, affordable therapy network. Search that on Google and, um, they have a specific like Toronto chapter. So I think it's like affordable therapy network, Toronto dot org or or something like that but um it helps you to find therapists that are specifically catered to your needs so they allow you to like filter out by like if you want a specific um background like um Mm -hmm. in terms of ethnicity um do you want them to specialize in like abuse um or a specific gender do you want them to be of a certain age um so many different things that you're able to filter Mm -hmm. through um so yeah definitely check that out and then also they give you like a range of price options because i didn't have that when i found my girl and i'm paying an arm and a leg but it's so worth it 
um once I you love find that. that person once you find that person stick with them it's it's hard at first to find them but once you find that person just ride it out with them you mm-hmm. know it is so worth it Ooh, i i love that and i love the honesty because like i said it's one of, it's just one of those topics people are afraid to touch mm-hmm. you hear therapy all of a sudden something's wrong with you i actually went to therapy what's going on but it's 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 like another mm-hmm. it's just another form of self the same way you're supposed to drink water take your vitamins you mm-hmm. know eat your greens try therapy even i'd go as far as saying like you go to a doctor when your arm is broken mm-hmm. why not go to a doctor when you feel like something's not right up here yes yeah we'll have to sit on that for a minute <laughs> Mm. yes no don't be afraid 2022 don't be afraid of therapy and i'm actually want to look into that please do like anybody who says that they're against therapy i'm i'm looking at you funny no Mm -hmm. you're like at this rate it's a requirement before you get with me have you tried (laughs) therapy (laughs) no okay come back to me like two months time yeah because you're not gonna come to me you're not gonna come to me well no now i'm jumping into dating you're not gonna come to me with all your issues and like just throw that onto me i got enough of my issues to deal with i don't need your i don't need your baggage i'm sorry it's give it jordan woods Mm -hmm. i don't need your situation Mm -hmm. absolutely not we don't have it no shade but we don't we will not Mm i love it that's the first thing that came to my head but i love it (laughs) this is my favorite part of the episode it's also the sad part because it means we're wrapping up but it's also my favorite part because i want to know what does it mean to be unapologetically monique Uh, i didn't prepare this answer i don't know what to say my favorite answer (laughs) um what it means to be unapologetically monique it means to be unapologetically black unapologetically feminine unapologetically anxious and unapolo- unapologetically awkward af i love it yeah and unapologetically a what's what's like a more professional way of saying like a bad bitch or like a boss bitch without Girl, sounding corny it'll get better I feel than like that, that sounds corny it sounds like a little bit corny to me it's giving corny um but like <laughs> i work damn hard god damn it and i'm not afraid to say that boom it's definitely giving boss bitch yeah. parts and i'm living for it living yeah mm. yeah and I got what? good knees, like Megan Thee Stallion. I'm, I'll, I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> My knees are pretty good. Okay, that's the answer of the year. Like, I got good knees. <laughs> They're strong. I've been working them out. <laughs> Yeah, 
yeah that's me and i'm laughing because i know because i'm thinking about myself and like after two drops that's it these are like nah. what the hell you do it so if you got good views girl <laughs> celebrate them thank you the celebrate thank you thank you like what <laughs> girl go have to give me some workout tips because mm -mm, i'm too young for this mm -mm. <laughs> body's 25 i'm 25 but the body and the mind's giving 50 it's the it's a baby you would think but no <laughs> mm -mm. yeah you gotta you gotta make sure you get your stretches in another tip for y'all make sure you stretch okay mm. that's my wish for you yes i receive it and i accept it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to be laughing here for like the next hour. <laughs> you guys, on that note, this concludes today's episode. I just want to thank my guest, Monique, so much for joining me today. Make sure you follow her on all social platforms. Monique, shout yourself out one more time. Your business, your, your Instagram, your socials, how they run you a check. Go ahead, girl, one more time. All right, y'all. So I am the founder of Dawn Productions. So you can find us at dawnproductions.ca on mm -hmm. Instagram. That's also our site. Um, that's also our TikTok. And you can give me a follow or connect with me on LinkedIn at Monique Hudson with a T. Yes. Yeah. Hit us up for all your content production needs. If you're a small business, yeah, definitely reach out to us love that make sure you guys go check her out especially because i know a lot of you want to be online now a lot of businesses going to the online metaverse whatever they want to call it so make sure you hit her up for some services <laughs> like if you're going to be online at least get it right at least yeah now talk to your politics you that's all i'm saying <laughs> as for the podcast follow the show on good pods at unapologetically her on Instagram at unapologetically her and subscribe to the YouTube channel unapologetically her podcast and yo we surpassed 100 subscribers so thank you all so much oh girl thank you Thanks. that's Thanks. you <laughs> what we finally surpassed 100 so thank you guys so much for subscribing liking watching the videos listening to the episodes checking out the vlogs Whew. You can also listen to the show on all streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And lastly, don't forget to check out the blog at on, on www.unapologeticallyheard.ca and we are Canadian, so it's .ca, not .com. And also fill out the Google form if you want to be a guest like Monique. Thank you all Thank so you. much for listening. We'll check you guys in the next episode. Much love. Peace. Thank you again, Monique. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Bye. Bye.